Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Special episode. It's Tuesday, October 12th when you're hearing this. Maybe the 11th. I actually think it's the 11th now that I say it out loud. But it's being taped beforehand, and it's a momentous occasion. Owen's here. Alex is here. But most importantly, the big rig is here. Well, that's an introduction there, Phil. So uh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Yeah. Uh, it's been something that I think has been anticipated for a little bit. Yeah. A long time. And, In the uh, making. Yeah. yeah. And... You know, I'm looking forward to uh, to talking some hockey, some flames, some Oilers, anything else that comes through. Um, but yeah, I know I'm just going to make sure everybody knows here that the Oilers aren't as good of a hockey team as everybody thinks they are. So All right, I'm here okay. today. All right. There we are, and mm-hmm. I'm here to read. That's a thesis. Yeah, that is the thesis. Uh-huh. We're getting it going. It's like yeah. a, it's like a true essay. We exactly. state the thesis yeah, early exactly. on, and then we come back to it. Yeah. We're going to talk mostly hockey today because for people who don't know or who know maybe a little bit. Big Rig and I back in the lockdown season, Big Rig was all over the flames. He actually started an account and he, he had incredible devotion, mm-hmm. live streams oh, after so every good. flames game. And I will say to the viewers as well, that's going to be coming back this yes. year. Okay. Um, I love to hear I that. I watched yeah, every episode. I know you did, Clark. Yeah, yeah, I know you did. You're one of the true fans out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually on the show, were, so not, yeah. not to brag, yeah. like not a big deal, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. like I was on the yeah. show and so was Phil. So Phil mm-hmm. was and then... Clarky had a guest uh, guest appearance on it there it last was New Year's Eve. True, and then and then there was some <laughs> some some guest segments were filmed in my house too. Actually, yeah. Wow. Oh yes, yeah. I made some appearances from Owen's yeah. den. So did Michael and uh, other friends. <laughs> Owen JD, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> so what's the at for that account? I give it to the people. Uh, yeah. So the at for that one is Northside Wagon Tour underscore official. I believe is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't want the fakes. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's yeah. There's there's been a lot of fake accounts have been made. And some posers, hey. Yeah. And yeah. The, they just, I mean, people have to understand that you're not going to find better analysis out there than what the Northside yeah. Wagon Tour post game show will give yeah. you. So don't give us any of that Brendan Parker, Francis crap. Like, no. Not Flames 960. Like exactly. this is where you're getting your Flames no. content. This at. is exactly right. And I appeared after every Oilers game that season. Mm-hmm. Until I don't want to I, throw accusations, but until the Oilers took a demanding division lead, and then all of a sudden I was I was all of a sudden out of the rotation. Well, so. I think well, okay. Well, I think we we should correct that. It wasn't a division lead. Uh, Toronto ran away with that division pretty comfortably, I believe, Phil. Okay, but um, what happened between the Flames and the Oilers? Yeah, so I mean, kind of the the gist of it is I started a new job in April, um, and it kind of just limited priorities. My, yeah, I just limited my ability to do the show, kind of. Similar thing to last year, you know, I was kind of got a recommendation for some people to kind of put a pause on it, but um, you know, <laughs> now we're, it's your journey. Yeah, we're we're gonna clean up some of the language and some of the other things, <laughs> right? But um, you know, we're, I'm I'm looking forward to getting Me too. this year. <laughs> I am too. I am too. It's gonna be too. very exciting to be back. I, I didn't know it was coming back, and you have my promise. I will be on all oh, after so all the Oilers ones. I will make sure that I'm there, and that'll be soon. Yeah, Flames Oilers soon. are playing soon. So Next Saturday, eight days. Yes, yeah. eight days, and yeah. from when they're hearing this, what's it? Five, four? Yeah. So it's coming up very soon so i'm very excited for that it's going to be exciting and i think you know last time we talked about hockey on this podcast 
Alex and I went to game five together and the post game recap pretty much after we had done it was Alex was down bad. Mm -hmm. He didn't know if the flames were going to be back. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to start with a compliment to the flames. They've done a great job at keeping the excitement around the team Mm -hmm. because it could have spiraled out of control had things, you know, gone the way they looked like they were going to go, but they've done a great job. And I'm sure you're very excited. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of just, first of all, just going back to, to last May, um, you know, I think kind of games, the game, the games in Edmonton, games three and four. I mean, it wasn't even close. The Edmonton Oilers obviously dominated the Flames, and you know, I'll say that. But yeah, they did. You know, game five, in my opinion, that series should have gone back to game six in Edmonton. I mean, I know it's mm-hmm. however many months now. I think it's been five months or so since since that game. But in my opinion, at least, I feel like that was a good goal, and the Flames at least should have had a six-five lead with. Two and a half minutes to play, and I, I was, like my like chances six there. Six minutes to go. Yeah, okay, six minutes. I still like my chances there. Um, but, you know, that's that's really all I have to say about that. I mean, you know, in my opinion, and I think most f- hockey fans around the world would probably agree that I don't understand why that goal was called off still to the state. I mean, <laughs> I don't me. either. I don't either. I agree with you. I thought that was a good goal, and, like, you know, it's it, it, like – the sport is so fast. Everything happens so fast. I don't know what they're expecting Coleman to like, just like flip yeah. off the ice. But one thing I will say is that like, even if we did score, like you said, there's six minutes, even if there was like two minutes left, I still felt like the Oilers would have scored. Cause we could not have kept a lead the entire series. And that was so frustrating. And at the end of the day, when you can't keep any leads, I think, and Edmonton just kept coming back every time. I mean, you know, the better team won that. Yeah. That, and, that and that's the whole thing, right? Is it's a should have, could have, would have situation. And, um, you know, I, who who knows? Had some losers on the team and Goudreau yeah, and Kachuk exactly. didn't show up. So <laughs> yeah, you know. no, I I think you That's know. That's a spirit. <laughs> yeah, like I I'm a you know I I believe in having Canadian superstars in Canadian markets. Yeah. That's kind of just my thing. Um, I feel like you know obviously down in the states hockey isn't as appreciated as it is up here, mm-hmm. especially um, in Florida. Exactly right, and you know I, I feel like a hotbed. <laughs> Columbus is a uh, yeah. Hockey town, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hockey town. Well, he's definitely he's closer to Philly. That's for sure. It's only a yeah. seven-hour play, but not right too now. close. Yeah, yeah. Not no, too you don't close. want to be too close. No, no, no. He specified no. that. Yeah, yeah. well, because he said right, he doesn't want to be around his buddies and be slugging beers and yeah. whatever yeah. else goes on back on American Thanksgiving. <laughs> he needs to score his ninety points to go minus right. thirty this year in That's Columbus. Right. That's right. Yeah. Congrats on the baby, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. Good. Yeah. Congrats to John and Meredith on the baby. Huge. I I want to say. The biggest, if you were going to talk about that series first, I do feel like we dominated games three and four. I feel like even in the game that you won, we showed you up a little bit. You had a huge lead and we came back. And then from there, it kind of changed the tone of the series. That game was pretty unserious. But I will say the biggest goals in that series, it was 3-3 in game two and Hyman scored and then Drysaddle scored. Those were big goals. I was there for those. Those were tough goals for you. I I can imagine. We were shorthanded. And then game four, the Nuge goal with four minutes to go after we let one in from distance. And then in game five, the overtime goal, obviously. Those are the three biggest goals of the series. Edmonton scored them all. I felt like if you tied the game, or if the Coleman goal counted, Edmonton still would have tied the game. That was my impression of the series. Totally. And, you know, it's one of those things where, again, like I think it's a little should have, could have, would have. Um, you know, who, who knows, like in all honesty, who knows what happens if that goal counts, right? Like Edmonton very well could have won that game 7-6, 8-6, eight, eight, whatever. Calgary very well could have come back. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. That's the unfortunate part is we'll never know, but... 
you know, that's sports. The goal didn't count. The goal didn't count. Edmonton won the series 4-1. It was crushing for me personally. They were definitely <laughs> that was insane. really bad for yeah, me too. Like, was... I was at that game and, like, walking back to Phil's car and, like, yeah. Phil's just, like, talking in my ear. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my life. God. Yeah. I was so happy. Stop. Yeah, I, I, will, I will say this as well. Like, the... <laughs> The shower railing in my bathroom got broken off the wall. Um, there were there were there were a couple door hinges in my in my bedroom door uh, that got smashed off the wall. Um, so yeah, the next the next day, once I got home from work, I had to do a couple repair little, projects little around Reno. the house. Yeah, little Reno. Yeah, little, little property brothers action. Yeah. That, that's what you call following the budget renovation right there. There you yeah. go. I'd love to yeah. hear that. Strictly by protocols. Yeah. Can I can I add two more things? Like you said, like we just couldn't keep a lead, and like that's how it go. But like Markstrom was poor. Yeah. Like I'm not paying six you know, mil for him to let in six goals a game. You know, we're gonna get to Markstrom and his performance. I think in the grand scheme of things, in my opinion, I don't think he was as poor as what everybody says he is. Um, I'm going to get to that here later okay. on once we talk about the Flames and Oilers teams this year. Yeah. But I don't think Markstrom is as poor as everybody kind of gives it to him for. And then my third thing was just like, and what Phil pointed out too during the series was like Sutter was just like, why is our fourth line playing against the McDavid line? That was so dumb. And he kept doing that for like two, three games. Yeah. And by then we were already down, right? Like, And even in, in game five... I don't know if it was before or after the Coleman goal. Or actually, I think it was even in overtime. Like, the McDavid line is out, and we have Lucic and Trevor Lewis, like, against the line. It just made no sense. Yeah. I, I think, like, he's really got to, like, reassess that. And, like, totally. you know, like, that can't be happening. And just, actually, I just want to say one more thing about that series as well is at that game, too, one thing I really noticed was I, I thought that was one of the worst games the refs called all playoffs. It was seemed like every two minutes there was another was that penalty. The game that we got the goal taken away because we yeah yeah okay. So yeah. even like that, like even that, like <laughs> mm-hmm. talking as a non-biased hockey fan, I thought that was a good <laughs> right. goal. And what was I, that one again? I mean, David ran into yeah. ran into Markstrom. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was a tough yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. And I just think what it did in that particular game is it just killed any momentum either team had is this every two minutes it was a five on four or a four on four yeah there are even a couple three on threes in regulation during playoff hockey and you're going what's this i'm yeah. gonna watch some hockey not garbage overtime yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah but yeah i think that series i don't know i thought edmonton had more timely goal scoring i thought their best players were the best players and that was yeah. the difference between the two teams that's why it was a five game series yeah, you know any sport you need your best players to show up and edmonton's players did that all playoffs you can only take it so far and i feel like that's what has most other fans so confident going into this season it's like okay these guys have had a little bit of you know we haven't had success they've put up their points but our big guys haven't had winning results now you get winning results in 65 points in 32 games i mean it doesn't even sound like real numbers when you say it like that. So I think that's what has other fans so confident going into this year. Your guys, your two big guys who didn't really show up were to Chuck and Goudreau, obviously, and they both left. And there's other guys who be who could be grouped into the category that didn't show up as well. I know mm-hmm. Toffoli had a quiet playoffs. Manjapani yeah. did the same. Yeah. The goal scoring largely went dry. But those two guys who left, we know how Alex felt about it as it happened. Not yeah, you. you know, like for me, how I see it... Um, I think kind of going back many years now at this point, like I see, like I'm going back to kind of the, the 2019 first round series against Colorado that far back. So three mm-hmm. years ago, yeah. I remember, you know, there was a lot of criticism about Johnny Gaudreau. And one thing I remember, cause I was there in game two. So I was there, I saw it. I was there with JD. Um, I saw McKinnon 
go bar Mexico in overtime. It happened pretty much <laughs> right in front of me. I, it happened right in front of me, and I just remember being able to hear a pin drop in the saddle dome. Like, and I'm not used to the saddle dome like that. Usually yeah. the old Scotiabank saddle dome is buzzing, but <laughs> yeah, it wasn't buzzing there. Anyways, something I saw is I saw Gaudreau would have the puck. He'd be in the offensive zone. I'm looking for Monaghan and Lindholm. Where were they? They were still at center ice. And, you know, that was something for me after that playoff series, all the criticism Gaudreau got. Quite frankly, I didn't think it was warranted just due to that fact. Um, I also feel like, you know, I feel like Johnny Gaudreau is a, a franchise player, especially under the same system that he played in this past season. Um, you know, I think he's somebody you can build your team around. Maybe not to the extent of the greatest player on planet Earth in Connor McDavid, but to the same extent, like last year, Johnny Gaudreau was easily a top 10 player in the NHL. I don't think anybody here would debate that. I mean, he mm-hmm. was tied yeah, for third like, in the league in yeah. scoring. I think um, I, like I, in I, the regular season, I think he's yeah. unbelievable. But, but I, at times, I think I could ask a little more of him in the playoffs. I agree, but just he, as, he as was, a guy that we're talking about, if he's a top five yeah. NHL, top ten. NHL no, player. and I mean he was he was point per game in the playoffs, which for me, that's acceptable. You know, he was very good on the defensive side of the ice, even though he's five foot seven, one hundred and sixty five pounds. Mm-hmm. He was good on the defensive side of the mm-hmm. ice. Other than that. Game five overtime goal. Drysdale's um, fourth point of the game. Yeah, yeah. but you know, I I was sad to see Goudreau leave. Um, you know, I I respect his decision and his reasoning for all that. Alex does. Um, I know. Yeah, and you know, there's everybody has kind of mixed feelings about that as a Flames fan. But me personally, I can understand it. I think it was kind of. I think the writing was on the wall before the season even started for that to happen. Personally, that's why I was kind of looking for a trade that previous off season. Um, that's but, my problem though with it is like as good as like you know Goudreau is a great player and he was point per game in the playoffs and you know he was like m- way better than Kachuk Kachuk was yeah. just like nowhere the entire yeah. playoffs yeah. but that's my thing I still feel like you said writing was on the wall the year before he even left I, st- I just feel like mentally a player can't give 110% in the playoffs if he already knows like whatever like overtime i don't like i'm already heading out east like i really don't yeah i'm not trying to invest this much i just feel like if you're already kind of thinking about how you're gonna dip in in free agency there's no chance you're gonna resign in calgary like what's the point of me even like dying over here in this like edmonton series right and and i agree with that i i I haven't heard that take before and i i fully agree that there's no way you can exude maximum effort with that but having said that i do agree that he was their best forward in the playoffs he takes a lot of flack because he's an easy target he's small and the prototypical small player wouldn't produce in the playoffs but for him i mean i've had my opinions about sean monahan's career but i largely believe that johnny gaudreau made him a product of johnny gaudreau oh yeah it was no production that monahan did he was not self Serving himself no. as a forward, Goudreau was giving him the chances that he did. So then, when you get to the playoffs and you're asking him to do the same, you're asking him to create for two guys. He's got two mouths to feed. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like he was going to have any success. And I felt like last year in the playoffs was definitely his best playoffs. And to Chuck, I felt like he same old. I've I've yeah. said this for his entire career. He's he's too emotional of a player. He he always has been. You have to be able to subtract some of that. You saw it in the first round. What was it? Four games in a row. He fought the same guy on Dallas. Yeah, three games in a row. Crazy. Like it, his head has to be checked. Like if that's what's going through his mind at the start of the game, I don't know how he expects to be successful. And then yeah. it happened again in the second round. He tried to get himself involved with Kane, and Kane's able to back it up with points. And in the third game, yeah. when Kane got his hat trick, Kane comes back after the first goal and slapped him on the ankles, and Tuchuk was checked out right yeah. there. I, I think though, Phil, just before like that 
that one chirp. I can't remember if it was in game one or game two when Kachuk asked Kane if he needs any money. That was That was also sick because Kane had 14 goals and then cashed. No, 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 that was no, funny, no like, that was good. That's all time. Everything that just filled because I'd never heard it before. But there's a difference between saying it like with your buddies and then seeing another NHL player say it. Especially with Kane's history, though. He's bankrupt and he's basically playing for free out there. <laughs> like, ask him if he oh needs any money. God. That, that was hilarious. Good. But, but like, you got to be able to back it up if you want to. No, that's true. true. And credit he never did. Cred- yep. Credit to Kane. No, and you know, and, sa- and same thing with my point with Goudreau, right? If you're already thinking about how you're going to cut, same with Kachuk. If you're already like you're thinking about how you're going to go at Klingberg, there's no way yeah. you're ready to play a playoff game in, yeah. in the NHL, especially when it's like just from like a not really a hockey fan perspective. If it's seven games, like that was pretty. Like the Dallas series was pretty grueling and draining, yeah, yeah, and t- like yeah, physically exhausting. So I can't imagine you want to dig that deep when you know you're out the door. Yeah, know, after giving having given all that in the yeah. series. But before. I like honestly, I I genuinely don't think Gaudreau knew that he was out the door during the playoffs. That's wow. fair too. Because he he took until the very last minute to make that decision that, was good, that he was leaving Calgary to go to free agency. But and you can't respect that. No, you can't. And you know, but one thing I will say to that is like just to see that reaction on his face after he scored that overtime winner in game seven. Good moment by, for by, his Calgary career, yeah, yeah. I mean but by seeing that reaction and what was on his face it's tough for me to believe he knew already he was out the door. That's a fair take as well, just, and I believe he said that. And I like, like, you know, if he says it, I want to give him benefit for the doubt. I don't think he's just going out there and lying, but it's, you know, it's not outside but, the realm of possibility. He wouldn't say, yeah, I planned I was signing here long, long ago. But even if you're not, you don't know if you're going to leave, if you have one foot in, one foot out, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like, it's hard. Again, I don't play hockey, and I never have at but any high any level. Sport, though. But, like, it's a physical sport <laughs> yeah. where more so than even some other sports where I imagine it's difficult to put full effort into a game when you are not even sure, even if it's, mm-hmm. like, 60-40 yeah. or 50-50 or whatever it is, uh, that you're going to resign and be there the next year. Yeah, and, I mean, like, if that's the case, just considering, you know, all the success he had last year, it's kind of scary to think if he would be 100% bought in. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. that's yeah. what I was saying. Think. Even if he was playing, like, 70 80%, that's a hell of a, yeah. you know, 80% that he was playing. They might have lost quite... six, yeah. <laughs> well, they should have been back in Edmonton for game six after that no-go no, no call, but yeah, we'll move on from that. Yeah, we will. Anyways. Um, I would say I'm not breaking any news if I say the whole offseason turned on the trade, but it really did when you uh, obviously made that move, mm-hmm. and it felt like you're pretty in the deep end there and i don't know florida really threw you a life raft on that one yeah. in my opinion so thank you bill zito because him calling kachuk a generational talent <laughs> like he's was, so yeah. wow i i have kind of i have two things i want to talk about with or i guess three things i want to talk about with that trade first and foremost so um for those of for the viewers out there that don't know i'm a i'm an assistant golf professional at silver springs okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so there you go um yeah. so there's a gentleman, yeah. So there's a gentleman <laughs> by the name of Kale McCarr, just the Norris Trophy winner, Hobie Baker Award winner, Stanley Cup champion, uh, Con Smythe winner. How are you? Um, who also <laughs> happens to be a member at Silver Springs. So oh, crazy. on that Friday when the trade was made, it was our first day of club championships there, and we we had a bit of a rain or a bit of a kind of thunderstorm delay that happened later that afternoon. Um, so Kale and his group were out there. They were the last group on the golf course. Same basis. So yeah, so I was oh. I was following them around on the golf course, trying to have them to pick up like the speed of play to get them in before dark. Uh-huh. We were standing on the 14th tee box, and there was an announcement saying like that Chuck right got now. traded yeah. to Florida. So I'm sitting there talking to Kale and a couple of his like buddies from high school or whatever, 
and we're talking about where like or what we think we're getting back in return and there were some kind of mediocre names thrown out and then at first it was huberto and you're just like oh my goodness yeah and then it's Uyghur, and you're like this is not serious and then a prospect and a first round pick you're like what just happened? And then you start seeing on social media, oh, they're not going to re-sign. Oh, nobody wants to play in Calgary. All this, all that. And this is what I have to say about that. The reason why I like the trade is because where are Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger from? Canada. 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 Canadian boys. And I said this earlier, kind of near the start. I want Canadian superstars to play in Canadian markets because I think they can handle the pressure. They know what it is. And they can appreciate it a little bit more. And you know what? That might be totally way off from left field. It very well could be. That's a good take. But I think it's a good take and I think it's accurate. And that's why I love the trade so much. And how about that contract extension today? Eight years by $6.25 million. Mm. Our buddy up north, Darnell Nurse, he's making 9.5. Yeah. Talk about a joke. (laughs) Talk about a steal for Mackenzie Weger. Mackenzie Weger's like three times the defenseman Darnell Nurse. Oh, is he? Is he? Oh, okay. One guy, you know, played on a torn hip flexor all playoffs, but yeah. Chris Tanev too was pretty well. That I mean, so. that pairing. You know, we'll get the Flames and Oilers. Yeah, <laughs> but that pairing of Tanev and Uyghur, Oh my goodness! I don't know if yeah. that pairing will get scored on all year. I think like I, I think I gave my assessment of the trade and um when on happened. the pod earlier when it happened. But yeah, like like you said, I thought it was gonna be like Kachuk Huberto one for one, and I was gonna yeah. be like, all right, like that would have been a good trade. That's yeah. fine with me. And then you yeah. start seeing Uyghur and all these other guys piles up, where like it was so crazy. It warranted a FaceTime from Phil. Yeah. Which then I knew I was like, okay, yeah, this that's, is yeah. This yeah. is big a big deal. deal. It's warranting a FaceTime. Right? And the thing that I, you know, why I'm still baffled in my mind on Florida's side of things is, I mean, aside from the fact that you gave away the best passer in the NHL, mm-hmm. and well. Best passer, well, best passer, no, best, best passer. He's the best third best passer in the province. He's the best Swine passer. Folded. He's the best passer. Uh, have you ever watched 29 Edmonton? No, he's I the have, best passer. That's wrong. <laughs> Dreisaito might be a better playmaker, Dreisaitl's but Huberto is a better passer. Just a yeah. natural raw passer. Yeah. Somebody that can put the puck on anybody's <laughs> stick. Anyways. I wish I could chime in, but... <laughs> like... For like, just the thing that baffles me is that they gave up Uyghur as well, who was part of the one of the top three pairings in the NHL. Like, if the Olympics happened last year, Mackenzie Uyghur and Aaron Beckblad would have been yeah. representing Team Canada. I, I I don't get how he's a throw-in in that trade. No, like, that well, just, it just doesn't, doesn't make, make any sense. sense. Yeah, I don't know if just Zito was just scared, like completely, like bat, like didn't know how he was gonna sign Huberto and Uyghur. But I just don't get how he's he's a throw-in in that trade. That yeah, and, and, and that's sorry, Owen. Yeah, just and that's before the extensions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you add in the extensions now. No, it's and now it's, it's like, fine. Yeah, call the a, cops. Call yeah. the cops. Calgary just robbed Bill Zito in Florida. <laughs> yeah, like oh, okay. you're getting yeah, the better player in the trade, and you're getting a top pairing defenseman. Yeah. for pick yeah. prospect and a first yeah, round no, pick and good. a prospect mm. and for, overtime Megan. Oh yeah, she's a big deal. She's a big deal. She's a huge Um, pickup. And then, how are you? How are you? And then that without that trade happening, we don't sign Kadri. I think really one of the biggest reasons we do sign Kadri is that like we get Huberto. He sees it's still a competitive team, Canadian market. I think Daryl Sutter is his type of coach. And he goes, all right. Like obviously we all knew Colorado was his first choice, and if he could have signed there, he would. But after a while, I think that's why he was kind of waiting for Calgary to see, okay, like what are they going to do with this Kachuk thing? Like how competitive are they going to be? 
Um, I did hear he actually does have a, like a pretty decent amount of family here too. Yeah, well, from what I understand, I think. And there was also there was a trade in place for Kadri to come to yeah. Calgary. Twenty nineteen. Like yeah, four years, three four years ago, and he vetoed it because yeah. Giordano was on the team, and him and Gio don't get along too well. But that's yeah. besides yeah. the point. So. But yeah. and then yeah, we get like Kadri, and I think the biggest thing that I was trying to like address this year um, from the Flames was center depth. Which now I think you know you get Lindholm, Kadri, and Backlund. That's much. Best top I feel three much in the league. better. It's the best top three in the league. <laughs> that's much better. Uh, I I feel much better best going into the McDavid, playoffs. Drysaddle, Nuge. But okay, yeah. Well, no, Ryan, but nothing I happens. Saying, I still feel is... much better going into the playoffs with those three, as opposed to Backlund as my second line center. And let me don't get me wrong. Backlund was like maybe our best player in really that Edmonton in, series. In he was insane. Second, yeah. So, yeah. but now going with three de- uh, depth guys like that at the center position is huge. Well, yeah, I heard, basically uh, you trade the center or you trade um, Kachuk for another winger, but then you bring in the or actually sorry, you trade two wingers yeah. for a winger and a center. Yeah. Right. So and yeah. I had heard Trilliving on Chicklets yesterday talking about how he said that that was basically luck that they ended up with Kadri because they checked in at the start of the summer and it said. You know, this is somebody we are interested in if, you know, he's available to us. They couldn't figure it out for a month. Then they mm-hmm. finally realized after a month, we still have space and he's still there. He's not signing with the Islanders or the Abs or whatever it is. And, you know, that's largely yeah. luck how that ends up happening. Yeah. And they paid him in good Shout for out him. Lou Lamorello, you yeah. idiot. Yeah. yeah. What a great GM. Oh, my yeah. God. Might be time to hang him up, but just, just <laughs> yeah, my no opinion. Yeah. Just my take. Yeah. But Didn't he say, was he the one who said it's just the paperwork? Yeah. 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 Just paperwork. Yeah. paperwork. Yeah. We just haven't got to the paperwork yet. Yeah. We have the principles done. It is. It's just working on it. The yeah. facts is slow. Yeah. Um, going into this season... I mean, for you now, I feel like not a lot has... I mean, a lot has changed, but I feel like the other pieces haven't really changed. Like, the top two pieces have changed, but most of the other stuff is the same. Like, most of the names are back. Markstrom's all all back. Everybody in defense, except for, obviously, Uyghur comes in. But the only other additions you made were really depth pieces who won't have much of a say on the win total. Well, yeah, well, and that's the whole thing, Phil, is... I mean, the thing is about how important depth is, especially in the playoffs, like... I mean, the thing I love about it now is, and I said this a couple minutes ago, is I'll put Calgary's top three centermen in playoff hockey against any other top three centermen in the NHL. All three guys, they all can play defense. Defense. All yeah. three of them easily could be a Selkie. Like, they could get Selkie votes. Any one of the three. Backlund might be ambitious. But no, yeah. Backlund, Backlund finished in ninth place last year in Selkie voting. Raw, let's go. Let's go stats. Lindholm, Lindholm, I believe, was third or fourth. Yeah, I think he was two. Yeah, two. And well, we Kadri, like Lindholm's like the next Bergeron. Yeah, and and Kadri, wow. I mean, we know Kadri's game. That guy's built for the playoffs. You know, he plays hard. He plays defense. We also <laughs> chip in some offense. So, I feel like the biggest areas that needed to be addressed, and part of the reason why I don't feel like Markstrom's play deserves to be as heavily criticized as what it is, is they needed to address the centerized position. They had Lindholm, which is a first line centerman. After that, they were missing a second line centerman. Now they got Kadri. One of the best second-line centermen in the NHL. I'd put Dreisaitl, obviously, ahead of him, mm-hmm. but that's besides the point. And they got better on the blue line, which is crazy to me. They have easily... We already had a really good yeah, blue line. easily so. one of the top three blue lines in the NHL now, 100%. Yeah, yeah, and I don't true. think anybody can debate that. Markstrom is a Vesna-caliber goaltender. We saw that last year, and I feel like his stats in the playoffs last year were a result of kind of some bad play in front of him. A lot of those goals Edmonton scored... Happened right in front of the net, which, in my opinion, that's a result of poor centerman depth and yeah. probably a defense core that wasn't entirely percent healthy, wasn't entirely, um, you know, ready to go for playoff hockey. And 
I think we saw that last year, and I think they addressed those issues, and I think it's going to be a much different Calgary Flames team this year. It's not going to be as much run and gun, but... I mean, do you think Markstrom could have played better though, or do you think yes. he was perfect? No, no, no. I mean, I don't think any goalie's ever perfect. Like Jake Ottinger in that game seven. I that, think the Dallas that, series was pretty draining too yeah, to go through as a goaltender. Yeah, that that well. overtime goal that Ottinger let in, mm-hmm. you could easily. I actually I saw the clip last night. You could tell he was tired just because you didn't watched get, it before bed. No, no, I was <laughs> no. Actually, no. We had our we had our fantasy hockey draft yesterday, so we were watching some old clips and whatever that oh, yeah, came okay. up and. But yeah, you could tell he was tired just because he didn't get all the way to his post. And, you know, I I do think a lot of that play last year in that second round series was because Markstrom started however many games it was. I think it was 60, I want to say 63. Yeah. I don't know the exact number. Well, and not to, to, you know, I know Mike Smith is far from perfect, but he only played 19 regular season games. His freshness had a lot to do with that and why he was able to perform. And I mean, his body doesn't work anymore from what I understand, Yeah, which, I mean, he he gave it all, everything he could. But again, that's a difference in rest. Like, he did look a little more fresh. No, totally. And, you know, I... I... Mike we'll, Smith. We'll, we'll get into the uh, to the Edmonton starting goalie here in a little bit because I would like to say some things about Jack Campbell. Oh, we'll get to that. Um, Don't worry. But you know, I, I, in my honest opinion and my honest analysis of what I saw that series, I think the biggest issue the Calgary Flames had last year was their lack of centerman depth, and now they've added that depth. Three centermen that could easily finish in top ten Selkie voting this year. Mm-hmm. How many other teams can say that? Yeah. realistically McDavid's mine, not mine even going to finish top 10 in scoring but yeah yeah well that's but scoring doesn't matter mm. scoring doesn't matter because when you shut the other team down that's when chances happen it's and true the Flames are still going to produce they can still get goals right they have Lindholm they have Toffoli they have Mange those are three 30 goal scorers on your team still okay they have Huberto who's tied with Johnny Goudreau last year for second in the league in scoring Kadri had 87 points in I think he played 70, 71 games last year, so that's a 100-point pace that, right there. But that there. was also a major career high for him, and totally. he was playing on the best team in the league. No, totally, but a lot of the time, though, McKinnon was out, Landeskog was out. But then he's playing with Rantanen and other guys who are nasty, The thing too. is, though, I don't think we need Kadri to be no, we don't producing need, 87 no, points. We don't. That's, we don't. I think, I think where I give you the most credit is I, I gave the Kings a lot of credit throughout the season and in the playoffs because clearly they built their team in a way where they looked at the division and they said, okay, we're going to have to play against McDavid and Dreisel if we want to get out of this division. We're getting Deneau to add with Kopitar. We have Byfield coming. They built their team down the middle, and the Flames was not. were not in a position to do that even yeah. four months ago. But now they've pivoted to the point where they, they know it too. Mm-hmm. Like That's yeah. going to be the game no, plan totally. for and, every but, team in this I mean, division. I, I don't think... You you know, I think every team in the NHL builds their team around that center ice position. Because so I don't think the teams in the Pacific look, looked at Edmonton and say, okay, i got to build my team to be- beat this team. Because that was the first time they won a playoff series since 2017. Let's not forget, during that 2020 bubble, they lost to the 12th ranked Chicago Blackhawks well, like it was nothing. <laughs> why is so, this coming up right now? Cause, cause, why does it matter? Because I don't believe teams build their teams around trying to stop the Edmonton Oilers. I believe that it Raw, certainly plays go. a factor if you have to go against McDavid and Drysdale five times a year. No, it. I mean, certainly does, but that's five games in the season. No, right? I agree. five games, and you know, like to me, it, it's it's not. And I mean, I I heard a little bit about the whole McDavid Drysdale Nurse Crosby Malkin Latang comparison. It's great I comparison. Mean, <laughs> I mean, it's almost seamless if you think about it. I'm pretty sure the Latang one's a little heat. No, the Latang. Like, okay, the Latang one's a stretch, but the other two are dead on. Well, ex- yeah, I mean, like. 
I don't know if we should bring up cups versus playoff series. We're getting wins. there. We're getting there. We're getting there. I getting mean, there. like work one, in progress. Like one duo or one trio has three playoff series wins, and the other one has three Stanley Cups. So <laughs> <laughs> but, soon, but soon, but soon, but soon. We're about to do it later. We're gonna just we'll get. The well, last done. year it was McDavid, Drysdale, Duncan, Keith. Yeah. So that's right. Well, he has three cups, and then we're tied. Yeah. Well, bang. What, what about what about Tyson Berry? That guy is a good offensive defenseman back there on the third line pairing. All right, but Oilers additions. Let's talk. Let's yeah. get into Jack no, Campbell. No, no, here. You so, want, I'm going to do the Oilers. Don't okay, worry. Okay. You, boys, you boys take I, the back seat. I'm actually, I know um, Phil made a comment about Kevin Rooney. I think that's incredibly disrespectful. <laughs> in my, oh, in, Kevin in Rooney has shown out on the pod. <laughs> well, no, I just, I think, I think Kevin Flames. Rooney, okay. Kevin Rooney. <laughs> he's, he, apparently he's fast. He is fast. He's fast. Which he protects the puck. For. Like, just think about these top three lines for a second. Okay. And then you add Kevin Rooney. <laughs> no, no. Like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not I'm saying it like guessing. that. I know, I know. Okay, they got Lindholm, Huberto, Toffoli together. I mean, the amount of goals Lindholm's... I think Lindholm could score 50 goals yeah, this year. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I think he could score 50 goals this year because he's playing with the best passer in the NHL. Well, well it's, the not, best like, natural it's not like passer. he was playing with you and me before. He was playing with Gaudreau and Dechuk. Those well, are two good players. But Huberto is like a legit number one best passer in the NHL. No bad talk. So, okay, that's their top line, okay? Then you move on to Kadri, Mange, and Dubé, okay? Everybody likes to... Dylan Dubé in the likes top to, Likes to sleep on Mange a little bit. Mange, I don't... He's He cracked... I think he was 34, 35 goals last year. I'm in deep REM right and now on Mange. I can't lie. A, a lot of them came at the start of the year, but Mange, Mange produces. Mange, and he plays the game the right way, too. That's a lot of things... <laughs> that people don't like to bring up is he goes into the corners, he digs. Uh, mm. That guy is a natural hockey player. That guy's a good hockey player, okay? Now, this shutdown line of Backling, Coleman, and Rooney, let me tell you something. <laughs> they can skate, they can score, they can dig, they can do it all. <laughs> I'm telling you, this line, it's going to be one of the best third lines in hockey this year. And I love I love the fourth line. I love the vets. I love Lewis, Lucic, and Richie. All Me big too. bodies. Those guys. That's a very yeah, that's, Nick line. Nick's gonna love that line. Those those guys. I think I think Milan Lucic is one of the most hated players in the NHL. Right For here. what reason? <laughs> I don't know. I think that guy's a good hockey player. He fills his role perfectly, and you know I think I, I like what the Flames have up front. And we don't even gotta talk about their blue line. Like that blue well, line is just sick. Up front, I do I do agree with you. It's better than it was last year. But where I do give a little bit of pushback is I know this is like Tofoli had a very good season last year. You're asking him to replicate it again. Manjapani had career highs and goals, you're asking him to do it again. Kadri the same thing. I know that, you know, the Sutter system certainly is taxing on people over time. We saw that with the Kings. By the end they were very burnt out. And I don't know that just penciling everybody in is Manjapani thirty five goals again. I, I mean I'm gonna have to see it he's gonna have to prove it to me that's how i feel but the thing is that what this team has that many teams don't is they can do it by committee they have their top line that's going to produce a lot of offense i mean to say that backland and coleman can't score no no they they can can both easily get 50 points a year and then if two guys on that second line get 50 points then you're talking about a team because that first line is going to score a game or it's going to score a goal or two a game Mm -hmm. and like then you're talking, you know, you're scoring three, four goals a game on average, and you know I like our chances. I like our chances to get 50 wins again this year. I really do. 
it's going to be a good regular season team for sure. I feel that Whoa. way. I think the defense. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, There's my dig. If, but I do if, think if, the defense. It's interesting because it's like six top four. That's how I view it. I know Uyghurs are going to be really good, but it also defense do. I mean, you brought Hamannik over from the East as well a few years ago, and that didn't turn out so well. Going East to West when you played your whole career there is a difficult thing to do. It is. But I do think it's pretty loaded, so I don't want to poke too many holes in it. I think where Markstrom is, and I didn't say this earlier. I know he's a little bit older than people think. I think he's thirty. 33 32 no he's he's 32 is he yeah. i don't think he's he's not definitely not 33 i think he's, he's 32. i think he's i think he's turning 33 this year is my, is my guess but you you check and let me know i think that him in the playoffs was a bit of an anomaly too because he played a lot of games and the oilers sort of have always i, I know the stats came out after the first game they had a, they had his number his save percentage was under 900 against the oilers and i think kind of what happened is it might have gotten his head i think he he will have a better season i do believe that at least in the playoffs against them He's, I mean, that's why Vancouver let him go, too. He, he doesn't have a history of playoff success. Well, Vancouver didn't have any playoff experience before that, other than that time in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why they let him go. They, they, they had Demko, Thatcher Demko coming up. Who's like, yeah. I, and, I, yeah. and again, like I don't think that Markstrom slander is, is fair. I think, you know, the Flames addressed the issues. The issue wasn't Jacob Markstrom. They addressed their sentiment depth, and they added another top-pairing defenseman. Um so I think I think you're gonna see like if the Flames and Oilers do match up again this year in the playoffs, I think it's gonna be a bit of a different series in terms of how easy it is for McDavid and Kane to get to right in front of Markstrom to score goals. I think it's gonna be a little bit of a different series this year if they do if they do match up, right? Mm-hmm. We I mean we don't know what's gonna happen. Vegas I think chances are pretty high. Yeah, right? I agree. No, I agree. I think I think the Kings are much better than people give them credit for. Yeah. I think whoever gets the Kings is gonna have a harder time with whoever gets Vegas. I, I really believe that. I think the Kings yeah. are an excellent team. Yeah, I mean I think I think Vegas is a great team as well and the goalie stuff's concerned. Yeah, it is for sure. But you know, that's the thing is I think even with those goalies, if they can play just like to an average NHL save percentage and goals against average, I think they're a good enough team to squeak into the wild card. And then Vancouver, Vancouver's hit or miss. Like that team, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into Vancouver Canucks too much because I think their roster is kind of a joke, to be honest with you, with how it's designed. Let's but, go. I haven't um, had a look at it, so yeah, I can't no, comment. I think, you know, they got too many small players like to whine a little bit, so I'm mm. not a big fan of Vancouver, but... Guys need to play the game the right way. Yeah, well, this is turning more into a Northside Wagon Tour <laughs> post-game show in the podcast. Well, I'll, cu- I'll, I'll, cut my chirps. I'll cut my chirps there. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So if you were to say, Flames, you think first in the division? Yeah, you know, I think I one, two. No hesitation. No, yeah. no, 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 no. No, I'm not saying that. I think one, two is, is hard to predict. Like mm-hmm. I think Flames fans would say Flames first, Oilers fans would say Oilers first. You're right. I think I, I will be I, saying yeah, that. Give totally. me five and minutes. <laughs> I, I think I think it's dependent on the Flames start. Um, I do think the Flames have a better roster than the Oilers do this year, um, just with the additions that were made. Um, so I think it kind of comes down to the first twenty games. I think the Flames could easily come out to a slow start, just having a whole bunch of new players and a new core in. Um, if they can come out to, you know, if they're 12 wins, 8 losses, or anything better than that, I'd give it to the Flames. If it's anything worse than that, I'd give it to the Oilers. Yeah, so. and the Oilers, to switch to them, they've been talking a lot about how important it is to start well. They started really well last year. I think they were 16-5 and five at the, for the first 21. They went through that absolute swoon. when they As had, they usually do. Well, <laughs> as they usually do, sure, when the coach is dead and yeah. a dead body, a corpse, coaching the team. I mean, D- Dave Tippett's a, a good NHL coach. No, he is. And, and to give him credit, because I don't usually get to talk about the Oilers on here, I don't think I've said this before. He was the perfect coach at the perfect time. They needed stability. They needed a guy to raise the floor. 
That's what he did. He brought him to the playoffs two years in a row. You say what you want about what happened there. He got him there twice. A couple and losses, need, quick ones yeah, too. Okay, again, say what you want when you get there. But he got him there. He got them the reps. And then what happens when you lose in the playoffs? You got to learn to learn to lose, and then you get some wins. And we won two rounds, and now we're going to get that taste again. And Jay Woodcroft comes in. If we don't go through that swoon, it's a much different look in the standings last regular season. You have to admit that as well. Dave Tibbet lost the room, and they held on to him for far too long. With Jay Woodcroft, they went 27-9-3. Totally, but the beauty about the NHL regular season is it's 82 games, and the Flames were one of the best teams in the NHL for through 82 games, and, you know, I mean, maybe we can have this talk come April to see where it's at, but, you know, to me, where the teams are in the regular season doesn't really matter. To me, I think the Flames and Oilers come out of the Pacific Division into round two eight, nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Just that's my honest analysis. I don't think the Kings It's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think the Kings are quite there yet. You know, I think Vegas is, you know, Vegas is still has a decent team, but I think they're doing a little bit of this. They're going downhill a little bit. Mm-hmm. Vancouver, they're too soft. Um, Anaheim's a joke. Yeah, Anaheim's a, a joke. San Jose's a joke. Seattle's a joke. Move them to Quebec already. Let's um, go. Quebec, <laughs> Quebec for the boys. Yeah, well, we need the Nordiques back, so either them or Arizona, I'd be fine with that. Let's um, go. But yeah, you know, I, I think my... Actually, I wrote out my predictions for that Pacific Division. I was going to do all the other ones, but I save, felt like that was we'll kind of silly. Yeah? Okay, yeah, yeah, sure, don't we worry do about it. We'll end. do it okay. at the end. I'll sure. tell you, I think the Oilers, I think the big things they're gaining this year, I mean, not much has really changed no, with the team. you know, all they did is they added... Who'd they add? They added Ryan Murray who's washed up and... There's their new starting goaltender. We're yeah. going to talk about some stats I, here Sure, I want to talk about that. But you're also forgetting full season of Jay Woodcroft, full season of Evander Kane, Dylan Holloway's coming up and playing into the top six, top yeah. nine. We'll see. The team Shut at up, forward Jeff. is much deeper than they have been in my entire life. This is the best forward core they have had my whole life. If you're talking Kane, McDavid, Yamamoto, Holloway, Dreisaitl, Hyman, then you got Pugliarvi, you got Nuge, you got Fogel, you got McLeod. It's loaded at forward, which is the problem has been in the past, at least in the playoffs, is we've got to put Dreisaitl and McDavid together, which, I mean, you have to do it. They're the best duo in the league when they play together. That's why we don't do it in the regular season. You save the minutes to keep them together. But the guys behind them now are going to be able to carry the load. And the Zach Hyman signing was one of the best signings. And Ken Holland has done a lot of very good things for us. I mean, the Twitter media doesn't like to cover that. You know, he gets canceled a fair bit. But Ken Holland has done a great (laughs) job stabilizing this team and continuing to add. And the best part is, prospects come up year in, year out. And the Flames... Uh, not to get a dig at them, but and Alex knows this very well. He's been on this for the last couple of days. Them sending down these first-round picks routinely is not the way you want to develop these guys. The Oilers have guys who are coming up every single year and making an That's impact. True. The first year was McLeod. Last year was Bouchard. This year, it's going to be Holloway. Next year, they have a guy lined up. Broberg's coming in this year, too. They've continued to like keep the cabinets full so they can keep adding a cheap salary. That's the best thing they've done. Yeah, you know, I, I think something like prospect development, it's very... You know, it's a tough thing to do. Like, it's very, you got to be careful with it. And, you know, I, like, I don't, like, just looking at the Oilers' lines here, I mean, like. It's, it's a, they, they're I don't, the only team left in the league that has their last 10 first round picks on the roster. Well, that's, I mean, when you have three first overall picks in five years, you better hope that's the case. <laughs> well, um, it still is the case, but buddy. Anyways. <laughs> Let's go, Nick. That was yes, good. That, that was, was actually good. I don't, think, I don't think that Ryan McLeod 
Like when I hear the name Ryan McLeod, I'm like, Did you watch the playoffs last year? Just another small body that Zadorov's gonna light oh, up. That is so, the oh, what a fantasy! Like, oh, did like, you watch what he did against Colorado, the best team in the league? They got swept. Three goals and, in that series. Oh, big deal. They still okay. I don't think, like. I mean, Dylan Holloway. He looks like he's a great player. He got that hat trick against Winnipeg's farm team. Uh, good for him. <laughs> Um, like I mean, I'm not, that is the I, truth. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not yeah. trying to dig on him at all. I'm like, right. I yeah, mean, we still I, wanted I to just, come on the show. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just heard, like, I just saw all the posts from OilersNation.com and everything about Dylan Holloway's hat trick. I mean, he should get a hat trick against whoever was in net that night. I don't even know what the guy's he name is. He should get a hat trick. <laughs> oh, it's easy. Like, oh. no, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying he's that good of a player and that good of a talent. And when you put him with that, Jai, so I don't hide that him. I yeah. think that he should score goals against Winnipeg's AHL starting goalie. <laughs> So, I hope he has a good season. I mean, I'm a big supporter of Dylan Holloway. Um, Here comes whole, the butt. A whole bunch of my friends know him, so I'm a big supporter of him. But, you there know, to, to, put, <laughs> to put like all your eggs in that basket saying that having Dylan Holloway on the team is a huge depth addition, you, you, can't, you don't know that right now because he hasn't played. No, but uh, right? I'm saying and at 900 grand, though, it's a totally. huge difference then, because we pay 12 for McDavid, 8.5 yeah. for Dreisaitl, 9.5 for Nurse. When you pay huge salaries, you need these guys at 900. It's how Pittsburgh kept going for so long. Totally, but I mean... Like well, I think Zary could have made the roster this year. Oh, like they said he had sure a pretty freaking good camp, and then even just putting him on the foot. Like I don't know why Trevor Lewis is taking up like his. But spot. Because, because I said it's... to you when that happened, that is not only like a coaching and a GM thing. To me, that's a locker room thing. Those guys have to be welcomed in and given the opportunity yeah. by their teammates to be accepted up into play, into play in those roles. It can't be a clicky room. Yeah. No. And thing I, is, I, though, mean, I, I, still... I don't think Sutter would put up with you know something like that. You know, you have. I agree. Like and and these guys that are veteran guys. Like, you go through their lines and you look at the veteran guys, okay? You got Lucic, you got Lewis. Who else would you consider a true veteran on that team? Backland. Okay, those three guys, aside Coleman. from Backland. Well, yeah, Coleman, sure. We'll throw Coleman Defoli. in there. Defoli. These Defoli. are all guys who sure. are up in their 30s. Right? Sure. Okay, we'll say they're veterans or they got good experience. All of these guys have won a cup before. So, to me, I don't see that being an issue in terms of locker room chemistry mm-hmm. with those guys not welcoming in <laughs> young guys. Because they understand, right? They've been young guys before on these teams that have won cups. They understand it. So one thing, though, I think is um, we were like the healthiest team in the NHL last year. Mm-hmm. So I think not now, like you know, I don't know if that'll be the case 100 percent this year. Like guys are bound to get injured. So I do think there will be opportunity for like them to call up yeah. guys like Zary well, and Pelche. I mean, Sutter's so, got them training at the farm, so they're not going to get hurt. Those guys are just natural born athletes. <laughs> yeah, at the farm. Let's yeah. go. Dude. So, but yeah. That's what I like to hear. I think, um, I'm sorry, as far as the defense goes for Edmonton, I think they take a lot of slack considering that, you know, they load up a forward. They have, they pay for Kane, they pay for Nuge, they pay for Hyman. I think that's 15 combined. Drysdale and McDavid is already, what, 20 combined? So that's 35. You're, and then you're not even filling out the bottom six at that point. So when you pay that much, you have to sacrifice defense because you're stacking up your forwards. It's part of the truth. Now, I do think that Darnell Nurse had a bad season last year for his standards. I know that he could be much better than that. He was much better than that in the bubble season. In the bubble season, he lived up to the <laughs> money that season. they paid. And Bro. I understand the bubble season is a bit of an anomaly, but he, it's in his talent to be able to do that. I believe that year he had, what, 20 goals? I think he was close to that. I don't think he, he was All against right. Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. It's against Ottawa. I don't, I, think, I don't think he was anywhere close to 20 goals. No, look it up. He was at least 16. I know that for sure. Really? Owen, yeah. I'll look it up. That's why he got the money. He had a great season. 
season. Yeah. And, so, now, and now Edmonton's paying for it. No, I know. And this is the first year that kicks in. I think he is somebody who has a lot of pride in himself. I think he's going to know what his number is. I think he's going to live up to, you know, I don't think he's going to live up to 9.25. That's a crazy price tag, especially when he's, you know, I like Cody Cece, but he's playing with Cody Cece. And I think the Oilers' defense matters a little bit less with our forwards. Like, I think that's just how the structure is. He's got to take the big minutes. He's going to be the big guy. But Kulak was an absolutely huge addition for them. He was fantastic in the playoffs, keeping him at the tag when the other teams interested in him were Colorado and Carolina. Like, that tells you something. If those teams want you, you're a valuable player. Bouchard's only going to get better. Broberg, I don't think, is going to play right away, but we'll see what happens with him. If he could step in, that would be great. And then, I mean, Tyson Berry, I, I still feel like there's a move to be made there. Like, with that salary, I think we can upgrade on that side, and I think we can attach our picks to do it because now we have prospects to fill the roles. So I think it's, when you're looking at the defense right now, the names aren't that shiny, I know that, but you've got young guys who are going to get better, and they have a trade to make. That's how I feel. Totally. Nurse had 16 and, goals, by the way. Wow. How many? 16? 16. Interesting. That's crazy to me. Um, yeah, I mean, how it stands right now, to me, they're a bottom 15 blue line in the league, probably kind of somewhere, kind of 16, 17, 18, I would say somewhere in there. Um, but, you know, I, I think you saw that against Colorado last year in the Western Conference Final. I think Colorado had their way with them, with that blue line. Bouchard's a great player. Don't get me wrong. He's great for that power play it's going to be the best power play in the league once again this year but after that he's he's learning he's, 20, he's learning he's, he's, sure he's learning but he's not the best defensive defenseman out there mm-hmm. okay nurse i mean we don't know what nurse is okay he had a good year in the bubble playing against the likes of ottawa and vancouver and a calgary team that was at its lowest point in a long time that was exciting um, toronto right and then after that <laughs> What's the cheat saying? Barry? <laughs> like, I don't know. Remember the offseason when Ken Holland signed Tyson Barry instead of Jacob Markstrom? If they had Jacob what? Markstrom right now, Edmonton would be my cup pick. No, they, they wouldn't. Markstrom That's just now. a lie. That's, That's a, lie. a lie. No, but here's the thing. They, Edmonton offered six times six to Markstrom. That was the floor they could hit. Calgary did more a year, and that was that was the last deal. Edmonton thought they had it done. They were both they were both six by six. Markstrom signed for six by six here. Oh, sorry. Edmonton offered seven by five. They did the year with one less in term. Okay, yeah. Calgary bumped it on the mill. So I, Edmonton was in that one too. I think, I mean, I'll be honest. My Mike Smith opinion, I think Mike Smith caught a lot of flack because he does not play the game in a very regular way. You know, he's <laughs> a little bit true. wild. He, he doesn't exactly do things normally. And <laughs> But if you look at his numbers... He, he did fine. It yeah, was like 9-10 in the good. playoffs, and he was pretty good against the Kings. He got a shutout in Game 7. I mean, eight playoff wins. He did enough. I understand that. But what the Oilers have long looked for in net is stability. And, and I don't know that Jack Campbell is stability, but he's a much better bet to be more stable than Mike Smith. That is, And, and 5 times 5 is a pretty low tag when the cap is going to go up as it is. And I like their backup situation. I think Stuart Skinner's young, and he's a guy who could step in and play, you know, I, 25, Didn't you say, though, games. last year in that New Year's Eve special uh, Northside Wagon Tour postgame show live that... You'll see Stuart Skinner in Bakersville. Or, or, yeah, you didn't did. you say that? You did. You I did. did. I, yeah, I didn't watch that. Sure back. Something to the effect. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, yeah. they needed to get send him back down. He was not yeah. having a good time. But he. I mean, I think if you look at his numbers, I think he was about nine ten in the regular season. He did very well yeah. when he was in. I think he's going to be a good backup. I think Campbell Edmonton has had a lot of success in recent years 
taking guys out of Toronto. It's why they keep doing it. It's so hard to play there that these guys, the media will suffocate you if you do not do well. I think he was a victim of that to an extent. But if you look at what they did, CeCe was ran out of town. CeCe came to Edmonton as a bit of a project and he had a great season. He played top two minutes the entire playoffs. Hyman was came in and he had 27 goals, 27 assists, both career highs. Then you do it with Tyson Berry. He had the most defensive points in the league two years ago. Now you're doing it with Jack Campbell. I think they're going to have pretty good success with that as well. Yeah, and you know, just moving on, this is what I was looking forward to is the Jack Jack Campbell conversation. (laughs) So just before we start diving into this, who had a better regular season last year, or the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Edmonton Oilers? I just want that answer. It's Toronto had 115, right? Edmonton had 104. Toronto had the better regular season, correct? All right. So for everybody <laughs> listening, been ruffled. for everybody listening, I did prepare some Jack Campbell versus Mike Smith stats. Um, cause well, I knew Mike this. Smith did play under 20 games. Or he did. Through, yeah. No, no. I think he, what was his record? His record last year was 16, nine and two. So, okay, so close he to played 30. 27 games. Campbell was 31 and nine. So he played 40. Mm-hmm. So that's not like, that's not oh. a huge, huge difference. No, not a ton. Not a okay. ton. But Campbell did here before you get to the stats, before you get to the propaganda, Campbell did <laughs> admit to playing with broken ribs for, I think two to three weeks. And I think the media did run him out, but read the okay. stats. I know, Perfect. I know where you're going. So broken ribs. I mean, that's what. That's why you play hockey, baby. You're supposed to be a tough guy when you play. Anyways, <laughs> all right. I just don't know which one's the best to start off with. Yeah, that's the question. Like, I don't know if we should start off down and work our way up to the heat one, or if we should start work the, our way heat up one. to the heat one. Up to, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. All right. So first of all, okay. I want to talk about the percentage of shots blocked per game for both Edmonton <laughs> and Toronto. <laughs> we are listening to okay. hockey perspective so, right now. So Campbell. <laughs> Campbell had 19.23% of his shots blocked last year. Mike Smith had 172 Okay, all this, by the way, shout out to moneypuck.com. This is where this is all coming from. Let's okay? go. Look at that accreditation. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's ever happened on this podcast Journalistic before. integrity right here. Okay. Yeah. Rebounds per save. So this is the number of rebounds that go out after a save for these two respective goaltenders. Okay. Jack Campbell was 0.047. Uh-huh. Mike Smith was 0.031. That's quite a big difference. Mike Smith was close to the top. Jack Campbell was close to the bottom for NHL starters last year. Okay, and you're talking giving out rebounds to that defensive core in front of you. That's not that doesn't seem like a recipe of success to me. Well said. <laughs> All right. Now we'll move on to high danger scoring ten, high danger scoring chances save percentage. Now this is a big one as well with that defensive core. Let us know the heat one though before you say it. The heat one is goal saved above expected. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, when you hear that, like pull over to the side of the road and turn your hazards <laughs> no, on. No, that one's heat. I mean, I'm not a huge analytics guy, but these have meaning to them. So Jack Campbell's save percentage in high danger scoring situations was 67.6%. Mike Smith was... 77.6%. Let's go, Mike. So wow. that, that's a that's whole huge. 10% difference right there. Uh-huh. And when you consider those rebounds that Jack Campbell likes to give out in front of that dif- or behind that blue line, that's low. <laughs> that doesn't sound good to me, I'll tell you that. All right. Where was this in the playoffs? I could have used this for Holy my Mike weird. Smith defense campaign. So here we go. I, well, I know, but now he's on... LTIR exactly. Yeah. So now here's the big one. This is the big one that, oh, I, that it gets I was. Even this is the one that I was really looking forward to saying. That's why I got it written down first on my list. Goal saved above expected. Okay. So I believe uh-huh. what this one measures is the number of goals that should have gone in that you saved. 
per game. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. I believe is simple what, enough. Yeah, I yeah. believe Markstrom's number. Of this was like 15, by the way. So, um, he's legit. No big deal. Jack Campbell's. Now just listen. Uh huh. He was a negative 2.3. Negative 2.3. Wow. Playing on the Toronto Maple Leafs with a much better blue line. Mike Smith's 7.4. So that's the difference. That's heat. Of nine goals right there. Nine what goals. The per, per Like over the whole season. No, I think that's per game. I'm we pretty sure Bedard, saves dude. above expected is per game. It's the difference. Yeah, of seven saves. Or nine, nine saves. Okay, so, well. So there are some stats I just wanted to throw out. I listen, <laughs> Food when, for thought. He didn't, I, didn't have any thought. angle. <laughs> he when, didn't have an angle. When, when I, you know, <laughs> when I saw the Jack Campbell signing... I have to say it brought great joy to me. <laughs> I, I was so excited just to watch another subpar starting goaltender go into the Edmonton Oilers organization. and just. So what you're saying is you think Kyle Dubas knows what he's doing. See, by yeah, letting Jack I, Campbell I, go, I would take I would take Matt Murray over Jack Campbell. I would. I would absolutely. And, wow. and before that, and but. Jack or Matt Murray played on one of the worst teams we've ever seen in NHL history. Wait, where did he? Ottawa. Ottawa okay. was garbage. One of the worst teams in NHL history. He's won two Stanley Cups. It's not like this this guy's a joke. Like he's won two he Stanley is, Cups <laughs> and they got they got Sam Sonoff who is a more than capable backup goaltender. I would take, you know what, this is going to be a hot take, but I would take Sam Sonoff over Murray over Jack Campbell. I, I absolutely would, would especially not, but... at the dollar value cuz Edmonton doesn't have any cap space. <clears throat> so when Clefbaum's good to go and he's healthy, He's not playing again. He's got okay. arthritis. Okay, so okay, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> but, but when they need Mike Smith, because Jack Campbell is putting up worse numbers than that on a worse blue line, then they're gonna need somebody to come in. But they can't pull Smith off long term IR because they don't have any cap space. It's so you're tr- standing well, by this then. You're thinking Jack Campbell's just gonna. I no, like I, I mean, he's not gonna be like Miko Koskinen because that's hard to do, but. <laughs> <laughs> this guy hates Miko. I mean, yeah. I do too a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no bit. I, I don't hate Miko Koskin. I love him. Just to see the pain that it brought to Edmonton Oilers fans, I love Miko Koskin and I always will. Good luck to him in Czech Republic or Sweden, wherever he's. Finland, I think he's playing. Switzerland. 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 <laughs> for Same all, shit. For all we know, Australia, the Division Three there in Australia. Uh-huh. But, anyways, I, I mean, I don't think. I think Jack Campbell, I think he was a little overrated just due to the fact he was playing on like one of the best teams in the NHL in Toronto. I think Toronto was very unlucky last year with their first round playoff matchup. Um, I love the Leafs. You know, we like, I, I don't want to spend too much time on that because it's kind of redundant. Like we have to see them win a series, but um, you know, I, I think if you put Mike Smith on Toronto or if you put Jack Campbell on Edmonton, I think you'll see Mike Smith's going to produce better numbers than Campbell did in, on, in Toronto and Mike Smith's going to produce better numbers in Edmonton than Jack Campbell. I wow. love a Mike Smith deme- defender. That's awesome. I do love a Mike Smith defender because so, I was looking for one for about seven I mean, months. Mike Smith, I think just he... Just it's a, like a year too late. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I just needed this like literally like April. I, I think he does have a record though. I think he has... like I think he's been run over the most out of any goalie in NHL history. I was watching a YouTube <laughs> well, video... That's well, like what, to Phil's point, yeah. he plays in a non-normal exactly. way. Yeah. 
I, he, I was he's watching, the seventh defenseman. Yeah, I was watching a, a, a YouTube video today, and it was like goalies getting run over or whatever. <laughs> wow. It was just, Nick is a hockey guy. It was just like, it, <laughs> was, it was 10 minutes of this, right? And I think I saw Mike Smith like seven or eight times. And I mean, that one when Lucic ran him over last year, that was unreal. Like, just, oh, yeah, that one was like, crazy. And then knowing Edmonton, they sort of crying about it because whenever a player gets hit by one of the flames, then yeah, you know, that's usually when it, that's when it causes And things were going so bad for us that so, day up 4 nothing. No, and you know, like, I mean, that, that's not the point of this conversation, but, um, you know, the, I think the point of this conversation is, is, um, oh, actually, I forgot about this stat as well. I mean, it's not, it's not like, it's not a huge stat, but it is to be noted. There is a slight difference there by 0.01 of a save percentage, but Mike Smith did have a better save percentage than Jack Campbell last year. I, I playing on a much worse team than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, it was- like regular season wise, ten points. Regular worse. season it wasn't wise, wasn't crazy numbers, and the Tippett thing again, I would factor in. But I do think you have to say Campbell has at least had a resume prior to last season of being better than those numbers indicate. I I don't think so. I think he he like he's a fraud. No, like, <laughs> you know what? I I'm not like I'm gonna sit on here and and you know diss well, the guy too much because yeah. you know I, I don't want to get myself in trouble or anything you like that but, so, no. um, <laughs> but you know I like I think to throw out 25 million dollars over five years I think there were better options out in the free agency market this year for a goaltender I do so I do think it wasn't their first choice I do think yeah, that I like, do think they were hoping you think they wanted uh Kemper Yes, I, I th- well, they tried to trade for Kemper last summer. They oh, offered yeah, the same thing as uh, Colorado. Uh, were did. they were they offering like Puljujarvi and a pick? Because now that looks heat if they to, said no to Colorado. Yeah, they offered. From what I understand, they offered a first and a prospect, and Colorado offered a first and a prospect, and Arizona liked the prospect Colorado offered more. Mm. So I think that that's what, that that's what happened there. I think they wouldn't they weren't trying to pra- trade Puljujarvi last summer because he had a good season. I don't think Puljujarvi will. Yeah. Be an oiler for long if this is just on the record. We don't have yeah. to talk about it, but I, I don't see him staying. There's there's also a one year difference between Campbell and Markstrom age wise. Uh, Markstrom is about a year older than yeah. Campbell, so which I if mean, want to get into age, yeah. I mean, like I'll, right, I'll take thing. I'll take the goalie who's a year older that's gonna have a positive goals saved above expected. <laughs> well, I, I, I that's a year younger. Any I gotta hand it week. to Nick. These stats are true, which I believe they are. Uh, Alex, is gleam, Alex is gleaming right this now. This feels good. No, I mean, I you know I I wanted I mean I. I didn't want to go too much with the stats because no, yeah, no, our pod podcast lacked some stats. It did, yeah. like, like, it like, I, I will yeah. say Darnell Nurse was in the bottom. I think if I remember correctly, he was roughly seventy to eightieth in the league and goals above expected he had for, down a, for, for a defenseman. And Mackenzie Weger was eleventh last year. So let's go. So and go. keep in mind, Mackenzie Weger is fresh new contract We're that he just to... signed today. <laughs> He's we're, making about three million dollars less than Darnell Nurse. We're gonna so next scary. time you come on, we're gonna have to let Phil cook up some stats and then I, yeah, you gotta give me some time in the lab. He didn't know you were gonna bring the stats. So. I didn't know the thunder was coming. Yeah, that much is true. <laughs> so. But I do think next time we do this, maybe we should do this like mid season or something. We could try to get it back in. I, I think that's a good idea. Dude, but, why not? Yeah. Uh huh. But I, I don't want to finish yet. I want to keep no, no. going. Okay. Yeah, so let's keep I, going. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't mind talking about the Broncos a little bit either. Just <laughs> let's go. There you go. Are we gonna keep talking about hockey or no? We can put a bow on that right now. Okay. No, I mean. If you have other things you'd like to say, I, then I, I have a question. Yes, Here Here we go. Stanley Cup. I want to hear like your yeah. predictions for the league. Yeah, non flames. Any like hot well, takes? Unless you he's have. picking the flames to win. Yeah, the any like big any takes, takes you have. Yeah, no, you know, I think, 
I think if I were to pick one NHL team to win the Stanley Cup this year, if I were to put everything on the line that I own, <laughs> I'd put the Carolina Hurricanes. Same, oh, okay. same. That'd I be my pick. My second pick would be the Flames, however. Oh, stats. <laughs> yes. I yes. almost forgot. I got more stats. So, <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, here we go. So, <laughs> moneypuck.com once again. I, I mean... They have Unreal. a model. Thank you, Money Pack. Yeah, they have Thank a model. You. I mean, well, there's better sites out there. Don't get me wrong. Let but... me just say before you get these stats, these are the same charts that told me the Flames had an 85% chance to beat the Oilers last year in the playoffs. So it's the same site. Well, same, it, that, same, can, same, I, that can I, still be correct. I, mean, correct. I don't think the number was quite that high, but they did favor the Flames for sure. They actually they do favor the Flames on Saturday night as well. So I, I'm sure they do, considering so, their what? record They already last have year. the lines, though? Yeah, so it's it's by like a 0.6 margin, but still, they favor the Flames. The Money Puck line Oh, okay. Okay, so Stanley. Stanley Cup odds on moneypuck.com. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this Oilers, Oilers 4.9%, 4. 8th place. Yeah. The Flames, 8.3% right. in first place. They give the Flames the highest percent chance in the NHL but to even win the Stanley you have Cup to this say. year, which, which, no, I'm not a huge analytics guy, but what those analytics, how this model is built, is it's built off of the players on each roster that produce the most goals for expected and the most and the least Goals against expected. Sure. And based on that model, within other things as well, like some of the other things, I don't even know how to wrap my head around. But you know, I I do think that something like this does have a little bit of value to it. But it, by no means am I sitting here saying that I think I think the I think the Oilers have a higher chance in eighth place in the NHL to win the Cup this year. Yeah, I, I agree. Do. But I so, I think to like like I think those numbers they're, they're a tool, but I don't think they're the be all end all of, no, of what's happening. No, and, and I, that's, you have that's to say that. what yeah. I just said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and they also do have the Flames uh, second on the power rankings versus Edmonton at 11th right now as yeah. well. So Again, I would they say probably that just look at that blue line in the goals against expected and said, yeah, we got to throw this team a little, a couple spots further down. <laughs> yeah. Again, I would say that that's wrong considering what happened last May, but no, that's just and my again, opinion. The, Game should have been. It should have been game six. No, no, it should have been no, game no. six. Oh, I've been. It should have been game six. That was a good goal. We can pull up the clip right now. Got a couple. <laughs> got a couple TVs yeah. in here. Yeah. Uh, we can pull up the clip. We, I, I can analyze it for you. Coleman had nowhere to go. He didn't change the line. He was taken to the net. He has no choice but to change the angle of his skate blade in order to stop. Mm-hmm. It's either stop or run into the crossbar face first. And I think most guys would probably like to stop rather than having to go to the dentist the next morning like saying, hey, I lost yeah. 17 teeth last night. And I, and if we're doing that, while it. we're at that, I could pull up a couple of clips and analyze them for you as well. Oh, One dry side <laughs> off the wall, spinning around on totally. the forehand. McDavid picks it up. Goudreau going back to the bench for a change. Totally. Rifled into the low and corner. And I knew that was coming. I knew you liked that picture of McDavid celebrating. But quite frankly, <laughs> the Flames should have had a 6-5 lead with however much time was left in that hockey game. <laughs> and that's just, just true. That was a good goal. It's not junk because that was a good goal. And I don't think, I think anybody in their right mind would agree with me that that was a good goal. That was a good, good goal. hockey goal. Alex already said it earlier. These guys are moving so fast. It's the fastest game in the world other than horse racing or dog running. It's true. It's true. It's true. These guys, these guys move two times faster than an NFL running back runs. Uh-huh. So to expect the player to stop during the distance from the bottom of the circle to the crossbar, going full speed to the net, and not change the angle of a skate. It's like it happened yesterday. He's still so fired like, up. I love it. I'm not fired up. I'm just pointing so out the facts. you think we go home game six? Yeah, we go Edmonton, back to Edmonton, come back and then you get your first Calgary. win in Edmonton of the year. No, 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 I'm not. No, no. Like, again, we don't know what happened. We don't know yeah. what happened. We do happen, know what happens. Right? Edmonton wins the series. But... All I'm saying is that it should have been a six-five game with however. I think it was less. I think it was like three minutes to play, dude. I'm pretty six sure it ago. was. Six minutes. So ago. it should have been six-five Calgary with six minutes to go. And that's the bottom line. But 
For besides that point, Flames have the best chance in the NHL to win the cup this year, according to moneypuck.com. <laughs> They're second on the power rankings. Edmonton's 11. The stats. Um, I forget where we were going. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh. Are we doing predictions? That's right. Before I pulled up my It doesn't even have stats. to be. I, was, I, was, I wasn't just, even just asking. Just like, takes. Yeah, just like takes. Just takes. Yeah, yeah, so takes. Um, I have a take. I can get us started. Yeah. And I've been waiting to get this okay. take off. But we're, since we're talking about hockey, I want to talk about this. I don't think there's a way that Toronto keeps their coach and their GM past this year. I think yeah. it's I think it's folding in, and I think that yeah. the uh, I think the tent is caving, and it makes me very very happy because yeah. I cannot stand the Maple Leafs. They're like poison in my mouth. Yeah. But the fact that they have somehow wormholed their fans into bringing back the same team that's lost six rounds in a row in the and first the goalie round just keeps getting worse. I think they yeah, so go from yeah. Freddie Anderson to Jack Campbell to now Matt Murray and well, Samson. Again, I would take Matt Murray and Samson over Jack Campbell. Thank you. <laughs> like I hadn't said that before. Yeah, but no, I think they're going to have a terrible year. I, I really do. I think for I their th- standards. I think they're crazy, though. I think they'll fire Keith, but like keep Dubas. Yeah. You know, They've been I, sexy I a young 30-year-old. These like, fans have been brainwashed. Yeah. I actually feel bad for the Leafs fans because they've been brainwashed. They're people I would respect, but they're, they're so far in with yeah. this team that they're yeah, loons. True. Yeah, but just to Alex's point there, I'd actually probably do the opposite. I would fire Dubas before I'd fire Keith. Oh, I would. Oh, I that, no, that's what I'm saying, but they're you. crazy yeah. where they'll still keep Dubas, where yeah. it's like we haven't actually gone anywhere with Dubas. Yeah. It's like, sure, what they've made just some like questionable moves they've been up against the cap forever Tavares contract looks horrible um yeah. so but i i know I, I agree with you i think keith's a fine coach and yeah. he actually did a pretty tremendous job yeah. taking over from babcock who was like like we forget like Little how sicko. bad they were like sicko like they were so bad with babcock so yeah. i'd try i'd try changing dubis i agree I, I think i think coaches in general have a very short leash in sports and it's kind of unfair well, so hockey, I, especially I in hockey hockey in particular yeah. the guys are just like yeah. turnstiles i mean if like if i was toronto a coach i would target if he's ever available again would be daryl sutter i mean that's it that's the daryl sutter's of, not going to toronto he's not he said he's, he's not if when he was yeah. coming back he said only chicago or calgary exactly which i mean like that's the type of coach they need there like i think they need a little bit more defensive structure kind of through the middle of the ice yeah and less kind of let Matthews and Warners well, do spinoramas in Bar Mexicos all day. Like, like I think we need a little bit more defensive structure coming out of Toronto this year. And, and, and more, I say, and more Justin Bieber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let him the full yeah. set. More of him in the locker room. I think. Yeah, I think that yeah. would do the difference. More but, Bieber yeah. balls. Wait, this yeah. is, is going to be an unpopular take, and I know because Mike Babcock's like a terrible human, but. Babcock's a great NHL that's coach. That's the type of personality they needed to, to win. 100%. He was right. And I know and I know it sounds crazy, but he was right. Like, in the grand scheme of things, like, he didn't do anything that's, like, politically incorrect. Well, People just didn't like him. No, he him. didn't. He didn't, didn't. Didn't he, like, like expose a player or something? Yeah. Like that's that technically something? not, like, illegal, that's though. That's not... It's, I mean, it's nowhere near what Bill Peters did. Yeah. Like, I mean, what and he did. Like, that was, was like, the, the whole... Like, yeah. yeah. I forget the exact details of it, because I was upset. Well, we don't, we don't need, need to, to, we don't <laughs> need to <laughs> do specifics. Yeah, but... People can do their own. Like, I think, you know, to ask one of your best players to kind of rank <laughs> the players on your team, like, I mean, you know, I think there's some pros and cons to doing something like that. That's <laughs> still so mad. So, so, I, I don't think it's that. Like, you know, it's important to have one of your leaders. You, you, yeah, opinions, but you made right? the youngest guy, like, in the locker room do that. He yeah, made well, Mitch Marner no, totally. rank yeah. all these guys, which is, like, he's, totally. like, 20. It was no, a misfire. Totally. You yeah, know, it was. not every shot goes in. It was. I mean, I mean, it, it, it is what it is, right? But, like, that's, I think that's the type of coach that, you know, creative. if they're going to move on from Keefe with, which I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't do that before... Yeah, at least make a move because I think Keith is a bit of a hard nosed coach. Yeah, I like him. In yeah, terms like of him. like in terms of you're gonna take the average NHL coach and kind of see who's hard nosed and who's not. I would put Keith in that top ten. 
in terms of hard nose. I mean, you got Tortorella, you got Sutter, you got. Yeah. Fact, Tortorella has a job again. Yeah. It's fine. But it's fine. You know, I mean, the Maple Leafs, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do think the Maple Leafs got a little unlucky last year with that first round matchup. Like, in my opinion, the third and the fifth ranked teams from the regular season shouldn't be playing each other in the first round. I think that new overall, I think, system, I think it's a bad playoff system. Yeah, I think, I think the system is a bit of a joke. It's bad, but like I mean, that easily could have been the Eastern Conference final. Like in my opinion, I had like when I was doing out my brackets last spring. Like to me, it was the winner of that series was ultimately going to go to the Stanley Cup final. That's what I thought, and I think you saw that in the series, just how close Toronto was to Tampa Bay. They had him in overtime in Game Six. Well, this is they almost scored, and then Tampa went down the ice and ultimately won Game Six, and they ultimately won the series. But that's how I feel about Toronto. Is if the fans always say that too? Well, yeah. we had them in. It's like how many years in a row are you going to be a goal away before you yeah. realize you got to score the goal? You don't oh. get points for not scoring the goal. Totally, but I mean, like their series against Boston, like. They got pretty badly outplayed. That series against Columbus was a joke. This was the most even one, for this sure. This was, I mean, I think this is the best roster. I think it was the best roster in the NHL last year, to be quite honest with you. Just in terms of high-level talent, a blue line that has high-level guys along with some depth. That, and a great and, goalie. Yeah, yeah. well. <laughs> well that, he was good was, in the playoffs. He was good in the that playoffs. That was kind of the one thing they were missing was goaltending. Like, that goal that he let in in Game 6 in overtime against Tampa, he looked like the beer league goalie I'm going to snipe on tonight. Like, Let's go. He, <laughs> Game like, at 8. Like, oh. he looked horrible. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That was that was, yeah, that was good. seamless. Well like, done. He looked horrible, but I mean, and now he's going to Edmonton, which is perfect. But um, he's going to have great success. I'm like, looking forward I think, to it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to talk about Toronto for too much longer because you know I think they got pieces there. I think they just need to maybe look at trading one of the big guys for a defenseman or another forward that plays the game a little bit differently, more like a. You know, you're obviously not going to get Gabe Landeskog, but somebody like that who plays a little bit harder, he's not going to score 90 points in the regular season, but he's going to score the goals in the playoffs when it matters. Um, and that's kind of my, that'd be my advice to Kyle Dubas to do something like Let's that. Let's go. Advice or, corner. Yeah, I like that. So, I, I, yeah. I, again, I don't see it with them this year. I think they've had too much failure. I think that it's, at some point these guys are going to turn on each other and I think it might get a little ugly. That's my take. If you want my cup pick, ESPN actually predicted this the other day. It was Greg Rashinsky who called it. He said 2006 rematch, Oilers, Canes. He picked the Oilers to win it all. I agree. Yeah, no, and you know what? I, I respect having faith in your in your team, Phil, but I mean, it's just not going to happen. What about non-Oilers? Who you like? Non-Oilers? Yeah. I don't follow the league enough. Uh, uh, but I just know that I, I agree with his assessment that, it. If, I mean, you make fun of the well. We could take Latang equation out of it, but the Crosby Malkin comparison is valid in my opinion. It's and, not valid at all. Because, well, sixty-five points in thirty-two playoff games last year. No, but. But, no, but totally. But that's the thing, though, and this is something. <laughs> no, but totally. Two points is, a game. This is combined, this but. is something I've been trying to drill in the Phil's head for two years now. <laughs> is that what two players do on your team doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything if the team loses and they lost to Colorado and they didn't really put up that much of a fight against Colorado. Like, it was kind of a one-sided series throughout the entire thing. And, you know, until they until they win a cup, you can't even compare them, compare those two trios. Like, Crosby, like, in terms of, in terms of like, greatest players of all time, Crosby is way above Connor McDavid. I would say Connor McDavid is the most skilled player of all time, but in terms of greatest players of all time... Crosby is so far ahead of Connor McDavid just because McDavid hasn't done anything. No resume. 
Well, exactly. Like realistically speaking, you can't hold him down forever. You got, no, same you thing could have been said about Crosby. Because when he leaves Edmonton and goes somewhere else, oh, and he wins. Leaves, oh yeah, because Frank Cervalli suggested <laughs> that he's probably never going to leave Edmonton. Yeah. Well, it's a good it's a good thing there's four years left on his deal. And then McDavid goes, well, I want to play closer to home, and he picks Winnipeg. Well, it's a good thing there's for Ottawa because he's from Toronto. Yeah, there's four years left on his deal. Then we don't have to worry about this for quite a while. Drysaitel says, I want to play closer to home, and he goes way out on the east. Yeah, just I mean, so the flight's a little closer. He's Germany. Four hours yeah, to Europe. Yeah, yeah, he saves four hours yeah, to, to Europe. Boston. Yeah, yeah it goes to Boston. Yeah. So I mean, just to, just to put kind of things into perspective for Alex and Clarkie here, like what <laughs> Phil and I are talking about right now is there is one of those morons on Oilers Nation talk com that <laughs> yeah. that said that that's one of the worst sites in the world. That, by the way, that said that that <laughs> Crosby, Malkin, and Chris Latane, or sorry, said that McDavid, Drysaitel, Nurse. Mm-hmm. can compare to Crosby, Malkin, and Latane. I don't think it's that a bad take. It's a personally. horrible take. One <laughs> one, one trio has won three Cups. The other trio has won three playoff series. It's a little bit different. Well, Cup's coming. I'll be at the parade this June. <laughs> so and, last year. You know, and then when and then when Kadri puts McDavid through the boards and in round two and Zadorov take and Zadorov takes out Yamamoto and well and the good then, thing is Drysdale had seventeen points in five games and then so. and then all the and then and then all the forward depth and for the viewers out there I did quotations on depth yeah because um, the best forwards in the Flames Oilers series were in order Drysdale McDavid Hyman Kane Nugent Hopkins and then maybe Backlund I'll throw him in six and again and that's why the Flames addressed what they did they brought in some defense. They brought in some two-way centermen and i think i think it's going to be a different series this year if they do match up i think it's going to be a little bit more difficult for kane to get to that left post and just have to hold a stick flat on the ice to score a goal i think it's going to be a little bit different no thank you you know i think 12 of them were just him holding a stick beside the post and let mcdavid or dry side put the puck on the tape same thing with james neal like Connor mcdavid can make any bum look good that's what he did with james the rework deal neal like it's unbelievable And the only thing, the only guy he couldn't make look good. You know good, where he's ripping it now? We got he in got Columbus. No, he got cut. He got <laughs> cut from his PTO. So now, oh, so now it's so yeah. it turns from James the rework deal Neil to James the no Neil deal or sorry the no, <laughs> no deal, deal Neil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, I've still got my real deal hat. Yeah. So the only guy, the only guy McDavid can turn in to a twenty goal scorer was Lucic because Lucic just doesn't fit that role. The role that he fits is what he's doing in Calgary. Fourth and line. that's and that's well no, but there's nothing wrong with the fourth line player when he does what he does. Give me your cup pick in a uh, like a sentence. Carolina, like a, they got all the pieces. They're deep. They got a and tremendous, if Anderson can be healthy. Yeah, they got a tremendous blue line. Anderson was unreal last year until he got hurt. Um to me I see you know, I think it's going to be Carolina Calgary in the Cup final this year. I think Colorado's going to take a step back because now they don't really have a goalie, kind of like Edmonton. Um, <laughs> but I, I do uh, think that, you know, I do think the winner of Calgary and Edmonton in the second round, if they do play, I think that will be the team representing the Western Conference in the Stanley Cup final this year. I just don't, I think Colorado's going to take a bit of a step back, even though they're still got a loaded roster. It's just goaltending is a big issue. I agree. It's hard so, to it's hard to go back to that yeah. too. I know Ta- Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh did it really recently. But yeah. Before that, you have to go back to what like the nineties. Yeah, like it, it's not going to yeah. be regular but, thing. Yeah, and I, I mean, I just think Col- or sorry, Carolina is so loaded and they got all the pieces everywhere you need them. And that, they've been banging on the door for years. Yeah. yeah. So to yeah. me, they're my cup pick. Like I'm not going to take the Oilers over Carolina. Like that's just ludicrous to me. But um, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll take I'll take Carolina for sure. I'm looking forward okay. to the parade this summer. Yeah, no, and north of here. you know, I, I think the only parade you're going to be seeing is in South Carolina this year in Raleigh, but um, 
You know, you might see the Calgary Wranglers parade though as Zari and Peltier down there playing this year and Dustin Wolf. But um, I know, like, I don't That's know, funny. like, I don't know if any of you have like any questions for me about the Flames. You wanted me to talk about or anything? Oh, you got it. You got it all. That was fantastic. Well like, done. Yeah, yeah. I, I give you open floor. What do you want to talk about? You got your Broncos fan. You you like uh, well, the Jays golf, golf, golf. Yeah. Go, oh, Wall you know, do you want to talk a little bit of PJ Tour Live Golf? Do you guys know what's going on? Yes, with yes, golf? you do. How do you feel? about it yeah so country. you know what i think live golf i think in my honest opinion i think it's a bit of a joke to the game of golf and i'll tell you why so to me i mean you look at tiger woods tiger woods is the most generational athlete of all time uh-huh. he transcended a sport the most versus any other athlete of all time fair take like yeah. and i don't even think that's close I think anybody over like 40 would agree with you. yeah like yeah. well i think tiger woods came in he was jacked he was in shape uh-huh. And he just dominated the sport for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then now you look at a guy like Brooks Kapka, who won majors in 2017, Dustin Johnson, who won that U.S. Open in 2016, Masters in 2020. Um, you know, even the guys now like Cam Smith. You guys probably don't know any of these names. You know, I know but, Cam Smith. Yeah, so, so Cam Smith, he won the British Open this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Second ranked in the world. No? Yeah, and yeah. something that he did over kind of the off season last year is he – worked out he lost i think it was about 20 pounds um and he he had a very successful year unfortunately he decided to take the money and run to live golf which i disagree with but um you know that's kind of my tiger take like i hope he gets better which he is and i hope he keeps playing more events which i think he's going to do but i think tiger in my opinion i'll call him the greatest athlete of all time Mm. and I'll, i'll say that and you know i think it's one of those things that you can debate very easily but to me just how he changed the sport for the better and I, I also think, not to cut you off, but yeah. like, I think he had a period of dominance that a lot of athletes don't have. Like, totally. he, he would be in the category of like um, Michael Jordan and yeah. Floyd Mayweather and yeah. people like that, where yeah. it's they Great had a period team. of sustained dominance that was so much above the next best guy totally. in their sport. And I mean, you look at it, like, they have the Grand Slam in tennis. They have the Grand Slam in golf. I forget what it's called. The Triple Crown, I think, in horse racing, I think is what it's yeah, called. Yeah. They're like, whatever. I think it's horse racing. That's right. I don't know you if that's got it. Right. You nailed it. I don't know if that's the right term for the sport, but <laughs> I call it riding ponies. But um, <laughs> like they created something called the Tiger Slam because he held all four majors within uh-huh. a calendar year. Like to me, to create an own like kind of category of greatness with your name on it. I mean, nobody else has that. That's mm-hmm. why, in my opinion, he's the greatest athlete of all time. Now with the live golf. So, you know, money in professional golf is something that, you know, the PGA Tour guys, they do just fine. Like, they do just fine. The top end guys do extremely well. Mm -hmm. The middle guys do just fine. And the bottom guys do almost just fine. It's those kind of those mini (laughs) tours that, you know, they they live a little paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. Okay, for sure. But the idea with the live golf going and playing just for the idea of a huge paycheck to me, it totally like disintegrates the idea of competition, yeah. which in professional sports, you want competition. Well, there was a great right? photo in the New York Times. I think it was at the Live Golf in Boston, I think. Yeah. And it was a picture of all the guys driving up to the first tee box at the Live Golf. Yeah. And like juxtaposed with the Masters, which is like guys like locked in, like this is the biggest day of their lives. Yeah. These Live Golf guys are there with like their kids and their wives on the golf cart. Yeah. Like it's well, like they're just there to collect the paycheck. And, and I yeah. mean, if Play that's the bl- choice they want to make. vacation, basically. Totally. And he, this is the only time I'm going to swear on the entire podcast today. Thank you. But Live Golf's a fun 
fucking joke. Let's like, go. It's literally yeah. it's a, a shotgun. Yeah. It's a, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I give the warning out yeah. there. So they should. If you're listening with your kids, they, they yeah. turn it off. We can yeah. believe it. Bleep you can it turn out. it back on now. Well, yeah. I think it's all right. You can keep it in there. Right. So no, it's staying. It's staying. It's staying. Um, like for those of the viewers and the listeners that don't know, and for you guys, do you guys know what a shotgun is in golf? No. No. Okay. So you got your tee times, right? So PGA Tour. It's like they got their tee oh, times. Yeah. Like so, a shotgun in golf is everybody starts at the same time, but they just start on different holes. They still play all eighteen holes. So oh, if I start, okay. if I start on fourteen, I'm gonna finish on thirteen. That's what they do in live golf. It's a yeah. joke. Yeah, yeah. They do that's a shotgun. Not they, that's not that's real. That's how the game's no, meant to be played. It's not how the game's meant to be played. Well, they're trying to okay. appeal to the kids with like yeah. pace of play exactly. and scoreboard. Well, it's actually, stuff, well, a so. shotgun is slower pace of play than tee times. Oh, are. really? I will say that. Yes. I mean, at least in kind of the like the events that I've been a part of and the events that I run at work. Like you're like waiting for the next guy. Yeah, well, shotguns are typically slower. I mean, I don't know how it is on the professional tours, but I mean, typically a shotgun is slower. And they got these stupid teams, like the Black Aces and the whatever else. They like, like they got teams, like they draft teams. That's weird. And then they have like a team competition. They have a individual stroke play competition. Golf. This is all, this is all Marvel's fault. Get the best guys and make yeah. teams and <laughs> golfers unite and yeah. sort of stuff. This totally. is the NFL's fault too because when they when yes. they stopped doing the NFC versus the AFC, yeah, and it was yeah. like Deion yeah. Sanders versus yeah, 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 yeah. Barry yeah. Sanders or whoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what this is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, like I, I think, like just the idea of it to me is such a joke. Like you have team events throughout the year. You have your Ryder Cup. You have your Presidents Cup, whichever year it is. You have other team events throughout the season. But just the nature of golf, how it's meant to be played, it's an individual sport. When I'm out there playing in a golf tournament myself, and I just snipe two out of bounds, and I'm standing there on the tee, and I'm hitting five, and I know I'm about to make a quadruple bogey, it's a dark, dark place. I'll tell you that. I've played in a couple events, like professional events, where it's been like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing out there right now because I'm just hacking it around the field right now. Like, but I mean, that's the beauty of golf, right? And and that particular competition is that you have nobody to blame except yourself. And I mean, I don't compete a lot, but when I do get the chance to compete, I, I do go compete and, and I, I love competing. But um, yeah, I, I think live golf is is almost as ah, you know what I would say. Live golf is more of a joke than than the Denver Broncos right now. I will say that. What a transition. Can I, plus. Can I drop a couple tape to take three or, or like see what you think? Yeah. Because my take on the live golf is like, f- there's a, a few points. Like first of all, I think the Saudi aspect is like pretty bad. Like I think you're giving money to people that you shouldn't give money to, or you're accepting money from people you shouldn't give money to. You're giving support, and then I guess it goes with competition is like legacy. Like totally. you're basically sacrificing or mortgaging your legacy in the sport for a paycheck. That's like yeah. these guys, like Dustin Johnson, will never be in the same conversation as a guy like Tiger Woods. Nope. Even if he was, even if he were to continue playing at such a level where he were to like you totally. know win all these tournaments that he would win in in the PJ Tour. If if he does that and live golf, nobody cares. Totally. It, it's irrelevant. And, and the thing is that I love about it too is, I mean, Roy McIlroy, like, do you guys know Roy McIlroy? Yeah, he's really yeah. been staying down. Yeah, yeah, so Roy McIlroy, he's one of just the most genuine, nice guys you'll ever, like, just hear about in professional sports. But he's been getting a little nasty about the live golf guys. Good like for he, him. he goes after Greg Norman, who is kind of the, he's an old PGA Tour show. player yeah. that kind of, like, started, like, recruiting PGA Tour players and, like, just talking about, like, major championships, like, talking about how, Oh, the live golf guys might get tired after the first three rounds and stuff like that because they only play three round tournaments and live golf. Mm. So that's another joke. But and then that's one thing I didn't add as well is, you know, just the idea of legacy and competing with the best players in the world. Like, 
you look at the NHL, you look at the MLB, the NFL, NBA, all these leagues, they're all the best players in the world. Yeah. Right? That's why, like, kids that, you know, play football for Canadian universities often don't end up in the NFL because the better NFL programs in terms of post-secondary education is down in the States, best, right? Yeah, or you look at golf. Like, for me, I could have probably played on the UFC golf team. I didn't. Not now because I'm professional status, so I can't. But, like, back <laughs> in, like, deal. first and second year, yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't mean to say it like that. But, <laughs> but like, like you look at, like, the kids that play for, like, Oklahoma State and, you know, some other big-name programs for golf down in the States. Like, those are the kids that are going to the PGA Tour. Now, the issue is, is those kids might now get recruited to live golf due to the money, right? And... Mm. The idea of dynasty and legacy, you know, I think it's important, especially like in a game of golf because it's so individual based. Like, I mean, you look at, you know, somebody like Wayne Gretzky, for example, like he won a ton of cups, but it's not like it was just him, right? He had a great team around him. Mm-hmm. Like, he leads the NHL in points in NHL history. He had great players around him. Where Tiger Woods, all he had was his caddy and a good golf ball and Sunday red. Like, there's a picture right there on the wall, Phil. Right there, Sports Illustrated. There's a couple, yeah. I'm sure. Is there, is there another Tiger there's picture? There. there should be there's one, one there. down here somewhere. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Legacy, it's a big deal to me in the game of golf. And, yeah, I think live golf is, is a bit of a joke. So Yeah, I respect the take. I so. can get down with it. Um I don't know. You, you got anything on the Broncos quickly? We don't have much time. But yeah, I know we're. It's been a good podcast. It has. Half, it's flown by. I'm hoping I get to come on again oh, soon. Oh, you absolutely uh, will be. Oh, but it's a walk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, like Denver. I mean, they're obviously in a bit of shambles right now. Um, so we have them actually. I'll get you on this. That. We have them up in the frisky tier, yeah. but. We were considering putting him down to the poverty tier. Now, by the time people hear this, we've already made that decision. But yeah. do you agree with us throwing him down there in the in the real scales of it down there? First of all, where I don't see where's Kansas City. Well, we did oh, we, yeah. we, we yeah. did a bit of an issue where we forgot to rank six teams on okay. Sunday. Yeah, so, so they're Kansas in that bin right on the bottom that bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, okay. So there's sorry. There's poverty no and either. there's yeah. There's poverty. Then there's unserious. Unserious. So unserious is better than poverty. Okay. Frisky is better than unserious. Good and then elite. Yeah, I mean, I would put, I don't know, I'd, I'd keep them in Frisky for now just because really? I do think they wow. have the pieces there to be a good team. I mean, that I do, much is true, but they're I, getting some injuries now. Things totally, are piling up. Totally. Talk to me and, about Nat Hackett. Yeah, I mean, he was supposed to be an offensive mind as coached, and quite frankly, the offenses look just as poor as it has for the last four years. Oh, and worse. I mean, I don't know. Like, again, we're five weeks in, right? You get a new quarterback, a new coach couple new pieces like you know it's kind of like it's kind of at the point now in the season where you're like 20 games into an nhl season it's got to click you got to see exactly now okay now we're starting to get serious we're just just about to pass canadian thanksgiving here in a couple days like this is the point now where it's kind of like okay if things don't start going our way you start looking at changes and i mean if you're going to make an immediate change like it's obviously going to be i mean it's tough to say it's going to be the coach because he's only been there five weeks exactly but like i mean wilson isn't going anywhere you just signed him to five years and gave him eight now yeah yeah, i gave him like 235 million dollars i think 175 of it was guaranteed and yeah i mean i don't know I, i like I think they will turn it around. I think they have to. I do think, you know, Russell Wilson is a generational quarterback. He kind of, he was one of the first kind of dual threat quarterbacks. Aside from Michael Vick, aside from Michael Vick, he started it. But Russ was kind of like that next 
kind of elite guy, I think. Yeah. It, now you got like obviously you got Lamar, you got Kyler Murray, Josh Mahomes. Allen, like Herbert. At um, that Mahomes. time, for sure. I just don't think. I think that guy's dead. Yeah. No, for I don't sure. Think he's, yeah. But you know, I I think if he can somehow find a way to play to kind of a top twelve quarterback in the NFL. I think Denver has a chance to do something because I think it's one of the best defenses um, in the NFL for sure. And they you locked know, Matt Ryan up. That's yeah, sure. no, yeah. and you know I I do yeah. want to give a shout out to Hugh McKenzie here a little bit. Let's go. Um, he's Hugh, definitely listening. He is. He's going to be listening <laughs> to this. He's yeah. been. He's known that I'm. Co- I, he's a pro gonna, athlete too, from is, what I've yeah, heard. Yeah, he is. I mean, he <laughs> well, he looks like one. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah what yeah, a right, body. Right, what right, a body. Anyways. Like he was trying to, he was trying to convince me that you know Russell Wilson's all this all that in fantasy football trade oh, I'm talks. Sure he was. And, I'm sure he you know, was. He's, just, a, he's a professional swindler. Yeah, yeah. you know he is, and he, he was a great commissioner. I love the guy Hugh. I miss you, buddy. I'll look forward to when you get back for Christmas time. But um, I love the shout out, personalized yeah. shout out. Yeah, that's fire. Yeah. Well. It's been a pleasure having you. You'll definitely be back. We ought to do something similar to this again where yeah. we just crank out the hockey talk because it took us a long time to get to the hockey talk, yeah. but I, I do enjoy talking hockey. I just don't know. I don't follow the league enough outside of my team and totally. what's happening in my city. Totally. And, you know, the thing is, is, like, I'll I'll come on whenever and talk about anything. Like, I, Alex, like we were talking about earlier, like, Alex and I became friends over – talking about uh Ryan Ryan Mallet and we were in grade ten uh social studies when the news broke out that the the backup quarterback for the Denver or for the uh, Baltimore Ravens who was supposed to start that week because whoever because Joe Flacco was hurt, he missed the team flight to wherever they were going. He missed it. How do you miss it when you're a backup quarterback he and you're starting. Boyer, didn't want to play. Yeah, like you're yeah. starting probably for the first time in your career since you were playing D two ball in Nebraska, and you miss the airplane. D two ball. Like, like <laughs> that's just a joke. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it's been a pleasure, guys, and you know, I'm glad we were able to do this finally. And um, pleasure's ours. The pleasure know, is all I, ours, and you know, I look forward to Saturday. I will be. Yeah, uh, me too. Again, give the people the at to the account. So yeah, so it is Northside Wagon Tour underscore official. Um, yeah, it's the the site of the greatest post game show out there for the Calgary Flames. Always top tier uh, analyzation of the games. Always have top tier guests on there. Um, it's a yeah. great show. I can't I can't great speak high, more highly uh, yes. highly enough about the yeah, show. No, I it's, loved it. It's good show, but you know something's got to get cleaned up a little bit, like some of the <laughs> no, no, so, no. some of the beer and some of the swearing. But you know <laughs> some <laughs> of the computer audio drops. Yeah. No, those go? are those are still going to be there. Yes. Sure, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I no. love the show. Yeah. During COVID, I like literally I look forward to every episode. Yeah. I watch and keep all cutting of people off the way you do because <laughs> I love so have someone. They'll say something ludicrous. Bang, you're off the show. Yeah. Well, like so the, I had one, so I I have one buddy. His name is Justin Morgan. You guys probably know him by Jim. You've cut him off like yeah. four or five times. There yeah. was one after that first Flames and Oilers game. Like there was one rant that I went on for about a minute, where it was just screaming at him over the phone. Like I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Budweiser had a little bit to do with it for sure. But um, like I just like yeah, I said. Like, just some absolutely ridiculous things. Like, down go the oil, get shit on, like, whatever else I said to him. Like, yeah, I just... Oh, it's yeah. incredible. It's, it's a good show. It it's a great show. So everybody Can't needs to check that out. I'm going to go on after the first game on Saturday. I'll yeah. be I'll be ready. 
Um, and I'm sure Alex will make appearances. And maybe, yeah, I'll be yeah. making appearances. Yeah, sure. we'll get Clarky on there, teach him a little bit more about hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe when they play, I'll make like, like a joint appearance. Yeah, with yeah, somebody else. yeah. You know, you need to go in on your own. Yeah, and stay on your own ground. Just watch a game pregame. Yeah. I'll watch a game. I'm. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll be watching some games. Yeah, yeah. And I and I want to say this last thing when when we can end the show. I think the the Flames deserve a lot of credit for keeping the interest in their team because it could have gone it could have gone really badly. The building doesn't get built. These players leave. Team becomes bad. Who knows what could have happened? You were talking about Quebec earlier. Yeah. Who knows what could well, have happened? I mean, Saddle Dome's a legendary Quebec. building. Like, there's nothing like a dome foam at the Saddle Dome. I'll tell well, you that. Well, you, you were saying, though, like 20 other NHL GMs probably just pack it in. Yeah. Like, they don't even try to. And make that's why the, the Flames deserve a ton of credit. They did a great yeah. job, Sasha. Shout out so Trey. Good for them. He should win GM of the year this year. I don't even think that's a question. Actually, yeah, good point. Yeah. Like, yeah if he point. doesn't, it's kind of a fraud league. Yeah, yeah we'll see what Ken Holland cooks up. Uh, <laughs> well, but, yeah. He'll find a way to waste another first overall pick. Don't worry. Okay, in time, in time. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, year. thanks, fellas, for having me on. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. No worries. I look forward to doing it again here very soon. It was yeah. our pleasure was all ours. You'll yeah. be back to the people. Uh, you're hearing this at a random time, so just I don't know. This is the end of the show. You can click off now. But thank you for listening.